Hey everybody, welcome to another podcast with Cribs. Before we get into our next guest, I just want to remind you that if you are looking for an investment property, looking for the next high growth market and want to know how to secure that good quality asset, you need to talk to me and the team. We are looking across the whole Australian Eastern Seaboard, only work with the best developers in the industry, can help you secure that asset, do the cash flows, have a good understanding about where you're going to find that growth. So ultimately, secure that investment and keep on building that fantastic portfolio to achieve the long-term dreams. Reach out to the team, have a chat to me, and let's get into this next show. Race. Hey, the Dominator. Hey, thanks for coming in. Yeah, good to be here, buddy. Guys, this is um, Developer Digest, Dominic Neshi here from Cribs. Very lucky to have Luke Berry here, my old boss and a good <laughs> friend and mentor. Um, I've known Luke for many, many years. He, uh, he's he been working in property development for 10 plus years, 15 years. Yeah, we knew it's our 15th year this coming year. Some would say an overnight success. Oh, yeah. I've got a few more grey hairs than when I started, that's for sure. Yeah. But um, it's every every single one's got a story to tell, I'd like to say. Well, just because not everybody knows you, though they yeah, should. Yeah, yeah. Can you just give them a little bit of an intro about sort of where Third Eye started, um, you know, the areas, what you, Bob and Ron, were doing, and kind of, you know, a bit of your lineage as well? For sure. Well, look, my journey into property, it started with two close mates. Like Ron and I grew up together uh, in Gunnedah in country New South Wales. Um, and we, like most country kids, came down to school, went went to school and studied. Um, and on that journey, we met Bob, who was a Sydney boy uh, going to university at Newcastle. And the three of us all had different skill sets. So we're in our early 20s and we all knew property was a... In industry, we loved and we could see that, that that you could make some decent money and it had a great lifestyle and all the, the things that made it attractive. But fundamentally, the three of us, we, we teamed up. You know, Ronnie is the numbers man. That He's the best-looking redhead in Australia. Anyone out there listening, check out the yeah. website. It's uh, self-assessed, mind you. And then, you know, you've got uh, Bobby Huxley. And the Huxley name in property, particularly in Sydney, is well known with Huxley Homes. So his family background was in in acquisitions and project management. And then here I am, the you know a kid from the bush that likes to chat and sell things. So I looked at sales and marketing, and yeah. here we are, the three of us doing. Well, look, what we do. just I think races being modest, which is unusual, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but but racer is a marketing guru, and, and I'm not saying that. Uh, lightly because some of your early stints in marketing you've sold all sorts of stuff and you've told me some stories about shooting cannons at people oh look yeah it, look the, the thing my my experience in business was um yeah innovation my first company was called innovative solutions oceana that that bob ron and i started and you're right we imported weird and wonderful things from china and worked out how to put brands on them and then we went and pitched that to all the NRL, the Super 14, um, the soccer. And we sold millions of little units of, you know, people remember the rolling banners, the fan banners. I imported a prize cannon from overseas to shoot stuff into the crowd. The federal police weren't too happy about it when they rocked up at my accountants, you know, to confiscate a terrorist weapon. So the stories are vast and 
yeah, I, th- I just think that if you're going to do anything, you've I, a, got to do it well, but you've got to always look at the best way or the most innovative way to do it. And we've carried that right through to our property world as well. So let me touch on that. So innovative brilliance, obviously the way that the inside of the machines run. So Ron's really good at his finance. He understands that bread and butter you very, bet. very well. Ron, I mean, Bob is excellent at doing the acquisitions work and you've always been an, uh, excellent at marketing. What does that innovative brilliance actually mean to you guys and how does that unfold inside your business? Mm. Well, it's funny. I actually, Dom, you were part of coining that phrase. I remember you and I were working together. Innovation and brilliance, when you combine those two things, it covers a, a, a lot of what what could it mean, but... You know, drilling in on the innovation, that means we've always got to challenge ourselves um, to be innovative in the way that we we buy a site, we build a site, we sell a site, we engage with our customers. Um, and when we, we put a lot of effort on innovation, it makes us better. And then brilliance is all about making sure we can deliver a brilliant product, a brilliant experience, um, for our clients and for people that engage with us because relationships are key in any business. And if you don't have strong relationships with your builders, your banks, your clients um, and industry in general, uh, you're not going to survive. So innovative brilliance is everything that represents Third Eye. And now we're with us doing the different asset classes of resi, you know, investor residential property, owner occupier style residential property and right through to commercial seniors living assisted living that tag is something that we remind ourselves right is it innovative enough is it brilliant enough to you know for us to own it and that's something that we're really proud about so it sounds like innovation to you is really about pushing the boundaries of where in the respective parts or fields so I obviously know about part of your business, but yep. are you happy to talk about some of the ways that you've pushed, say, marketing, you've pushed building and, you know, finance? Sure. Probably finance a little bit too boring for this, yeah. this crowd. <laughs> but let me just pull, pull up Mark, Artie, for instance. Yeah, look, Artie stands for when we, and again, I talk about with Dom, I, I, I miss Dom and his energy and his wonderful uh, insights into you know, prop tech, it's no wonder you've gone out and, and doing what you're doing. Artie stood for Augmented Reality Third Eye. And I remember we were launching Iconic in Waterloo. It was a beautiful $120 million heritage conversion, 76 apartments in a heritage facade. And we needed to be different. We needed to sell the fact that we've got this wonderful meshing of old and new, um, you know, luxury and in industrial. And the best way to do that was through augmentation and um, I remember we went out to industry and there wasn't anyone doing it well, so we actually did it ourselves and we, we got a, a great guy, um, Bashir, who helped create the first RT app. And you could literally go down to the site and physically stand across the road and hold up your iPhone or an iPad and our building would augment in over the current building. And it was a really good sales tool, um, combining that with some virtual reality, uh, virtual views from the balconies, if you remember. Mm. And so what Artie allowed us to do was really let the industry know that you know we take innovation seriously. We put our money where our mouth was. We, we spent a lot of money to build the first version of Artie. Um, to be honest, I think we most probably were a bit ahead of the game on augmented reality. It's, it's catching up and it will become 
mainstay for you know making maybe floor plans augment into a 3D digital digital experience. I can see that playing a role in planning. You know, for a community to be able to download some sort of app or, or a website that you can go and have a look at a proposed development and see how that's going to fit in with the urban form and the streetscape. Um, but, you know, Artie was something that really allowed us to, to own innovation. It's now evolved into a web-based platform that adopts some of the, you know, virtual reality, virtual views and things, the augmentation the, the, the world isn't up to it yet, mm. in, in our opinion. But every project that we've got has an RT listing yep. and it, it works on in the display, it works on a handheld, and it just makes the sales experience better than it has ever before. Well, it was cool because when you rolled out RT, again, no one was really doing it. It was in a market where banks were literally saying, do not lend clients money in Waterloo. That's right. I remember that. There was another three other developments that launched around the corner. You bet, yeah. So getting a share of voice was really different and the way that you tried to capture that was through a different marketing initiative. Yeah. And it was cool because clients could open up their book and then they could visualise yeah, the building. Yeah, it came out. Um, what other innovation can we touch on? Because I, I know that you're doing some work with um, GoGet. So you've got a development over in Newcastle. Yes. There's yep. some units in there that don't have, say, car spots. That's right. And you now you've done an initiative with GoGet. Yeah, well, look, I'm guessing your audience is property-related and we always have challenges selling real estate that may not tick all the boxes. And quite often... A property without a park is something that's fairly unattractive for either an owner-occupier or particularly an investor. So you sort of sit there and you think, well, let's solve that problem. Like I, I, I'm, I don't like excuses at all when, when you sit down with an agent and say, oh, well, if that had a park, I would have sold it. So I've always loved GoGet. I've used their service yes. you know, for years. And, and I remember looking at those parks and I thought, you know what, I'm going to solve that problem. I'm going to go and cut a deal with GoGet. So again, thinking outside the, the square we live in and looking at that innovative approach to a problem. And I pitched to GoGet, I said, you guys aren't in Newcastle. How about you launch it from my projects in Newcastle? I'm going to dedicate, um, I think I've got 10 parks dedicated to uh, GoGet, eight in each development and, and a couple at the display. And I said, I'll, I'll, I will back the fact that you're going to help me with these one-bed-no-parks. There's also this amazing trend of downsizers actually downsize their cars. So, mm. you know, you've been living in a house, you move into an apartment, and all of a sudden, hey, honey, we're maintaining two cars. Let's get rid of – let's sell both of them, buy a new one, and then use the go-get as a secondary car. So we did all that, and um, – uh, we launched, we've had 10 sales off the back of that initiative. No one's um, getting that many sales today. Well, look, you think about it and, and, you know, we, and then you know how we, we like to have a good time at Third Eye. So we, I, I spent 50 grand on a, an amazing launch. I got the media um, involved. We had 130-odd people come to the, the display. And it's the right way of um, introducing a, a whole new transport option mm. to a city got the media involved so that event-based selling strategy makes sense not doesn't matter what industry you're in but i i lined up i found that problem thought about it how we're going to solve it and go get was the perfect partnership so that collaboration that that we do well across um, our projects is something that um we we try our best to, to keep doing and getting better at so We've spoken about some of the marketing innovations. 
I want to just chat very quickly because the way that the business has evolved over time has been really interesting because you've never you've kind of shed the shells of who you were before and then always kind of progressed forward and tried to create a new image for yourself. You bet. Um, in the past, you started off doing investment sales. You bet. Selling other, yeah, other people's stock. That's yeah, how we, house and land packages you know, and all sorts of stuff. You, yep. And more recently, you've kind of emerged as a flight to quality, doing really high mm. quality developments. It started kind of at um, Piedmont, I mean, um, Waterloo. Yes. And then it started moving from there. Then you got um, Alexandria, Piedmont, yep. Caraba Point. Yep. What's, was that strategic? Uh, and kind of why have you gone after that? This is called a building innovation. Yeah. Well, when you think about three young blokes that had never done a property development before, we had to cut our teeth in regional areas selling a type of product that was targeted at investor sales. And that's why we started the next hotspot.com.au. We created the, the top 50 areas to invest and then we matched those with property. And, and that that's how we started. And um, when I think about... Our, where we are today and where we started from, you know, I'd be um, pink and, and blue with pinching myself because I, I would never have thought that we'd have nearly uh, or over a billion dollars now in our pipeline and, you know, we're looking at, at more strategic acquisitions. So I feel very lucky to be a, even have this conversation. But the fundamentals of Third Eye, the investing in infrastructure, the, the tracking of trends of where investments are taking shape, what's happening is is the key driver on that diversification. So if you remember when you and I are out there, um, and for the listeners, if you think back to 2013, 14, we could sell a whole project with a pretty uh, picture, brochure, and a set of plans. And that was driven by investors, international investors, local investors, um, frustrated downsizers that wanted to get into these new apartment buildings. Then the taps, the levers started getting pulled, royal commissions into the finance industry, foreign investors getting hit with extra stamp duties. And if anyone didn't see that coming, the impact, the ripple, then you know they'd be struggling right now. And, and that's when we started thinking, right, owner-occupiers, you know, we, we need to look at the aspirational downsizer. So that's when we evolved and started doing the Iconics, the Gentry, Paragon, of Piermont, which are priced between two and five million dollars, um, that then allowed us to educate ourselves, get experience in delivering that that calibre of product, and then furthermore, you're sitting there going, okay, that that downsizer market is massive. The 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 baby boomer generation is in terms of the retirees is going to double in the next five to ten years. They are all living in properties typically too large or not. Um, suitable for um, retirement yep. for, for senior living. So then we started thinking, right, we need to, to – we've learnt how to build, we've learnt how to give a great experience. That's when we got into seniors living, created Third Age. Again, aligned ourselves with Michael Eggington, an amazing mentor to, uh, to the three of us that ran Len Lease in Stockland. So he brings 30 years of experience in building villages and managing them. So that's when Third Age, and we're excited. We've got our first seniors village at Merriweather in Newcastle, 150-odd apartments, new club, um, conference centre, food and beverage, um, on a beautiful golf course near the beach. It's a perfect type of asset for us to get into. Um, and that's being our cornerstone project for that. And then that journey with the NDIS, if you remember the Bell Apartments at Belmont, we did yep. 10 for the yep. Summer Foundation. 
we had a really um, emotional experience understanding the positive impacts to that type of person that had high needs, you know, that needed, you know, it was a young guy that broke his back and he got really emotional when we handed the property over and he talked about us giving his independence back. And, mate, that's good property to get involved in. And that really allowed us to then, with Stella and Eaton, our next projects in Newcastle, we dedicated 20 of those properties in each of those, 10, mm. um, and we're building that high-care um, assisted living, which is all part of this diversification. If we were just doing resi, particularly investor-driven residential developments now, like a, a, a lot of my contemporaries would be struggling. Like, it's hard out there at the moment. So it sounds like what you've done is followed, for want of a better word, like the zeitgeist or the movement. You're, you're identifying where the market is going to and you saw that the opportunity is to serve owner-occupiers or to serve, um, you know, the downsizer market or to yep. serve people that need the higher... You know the NDIS scheme. Totally. So you're 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 aware of where the market is going, and then how can we better serve those markets? And you're you're trying to meet the need of the market rather mm. than dictate. You bet. Like that. The third eye, not to get all spiritual, but it's obviously to think what's coming. Yeah. And if anyone doesn't believe in the fundamental message of that, is that you should always be looking around that bell curve or that corner, rather. Um, and that's what I think the the three of us have had to do because we've been younger um yeah you know i know i look look a bit older than i am but i'm still under 40 um we've we've had some to, gasps yeah wow, wow <laughs> tough living yeah don't get into property everyone um but uh we've had to think like that and and that i think is one of our strongest attributes is that we've we've managed to always navigate and look around the corner and because it's not you can't do in property. It's two years. Like to get a DA, I've got one at the moment, Caraba Point. We're up to our second DA, and we've held onto those assets for we'll come up to eighteen months before um, we know it. So, you know, we've had to make that decision eighteen months ago, two years that that the type of product that we're going to deliver is going to be in demand in 12, 18 months when it's delivered. So it's it's like a long game, and I'm not. We don't get it right all the time, but mm. there's. Uh, as part of growing up and, and getting better at what what we do, we've got some systems and processes in now to help us vet and, and make sure we're going down the right rabbit hole. So let me ask you that then. Um, arguably, you're going down different divergent paths. Mm -hmm. Is that a cause of distraction or is it like some, some developers specialise in just going, say, all owner-occupier luxury living. Some go all retirement living, all mm. you know, all down one path. And I understand that this is a form of diversification. Yep. But can one development company or can you build the internal processes to deliver these different diversion sure. paths properly? And, and does it add to one another by... Yeah, look, I think that there's some wonderful synergies and crossovers in a business is it putting us under pressure 100% to learn the the compliance issues about assisted living you know to deliver that level of care through good luck or good management we got exposed to that through the bell experience the the key thing to answer that is the people we employ and the consultants we engage with are simply the best so as owners of the business Bob and I always need to have line of sight on what's happening but when you surround yourself with the right sort of people and you engage with the, the best consultants in their industry, architects, builders, 
you know, surveyors right through to creative agencies. You can, it's amazing what you can achieve. So right now, I, I would say that the the downsize of product, if we were to group what I'm doing in resi, assisted living and seniors living, we are building a beautiful product for people to downsize in and we're filling it full of home automation on the, the, the seniors, uh, the assisted living, some care automation as well to help people that are in wheelchairs and, and whatnot. Um, but at, we see it very much as complementary to what we're doing, you know, like the commercial developments that we've got a, an amazing one at North Sydney at the moment. It's a $330 million office tower, mm. you know, and like uh, I think back to when you and I were in that 50-square-metre office yeah. at Crow's Nest, would we ever be sitting around saying we're building a $330 million building in the CBD of North Sydney? Maybe, maybe not, you know, but um, we are doing that and it's what I've learnt sitting on the sidelines is that you, you pay for it, but we actually have some of the best um, consultants on that job. We've got FDC as a construction advisor partner. We've got Woods Baggett as the the architect and then Urbis from planning and research. So when you get all those pieces of the puzzle, it's amazing what, what you can achieve. Mm. Um, and, yeah, there's a fine line, but at the moment we've, we've, we've got each swimming in their lanes and it's not too confusing for our team we, we're a diversified property development company and we're, we're so we'll, is yeah and we'll, we'll continue to get good people in the different divisions to make us um you know build beautiful things and deliver on the visions that we set out to, to do last question so are it to the people listening out there and watching are there what other development company out there do you respect or love their work or look towards for inspiration or other developments that you've seen recently that you think are cool? I know yeah. you love all your own, but yeah. is there any out there that you think is awesome that you like? You know, it, it's mate, it's one of those questions. There's some people that are, I, I admire and respect. Um, there's a guy called Michael Grant from Cornerstone, and maybe not a lot of people outside of Sydney would know who Michael is, but that guy's attention to detail needs to be commended. Um You'll notice he only works with the best, um, and I, he's someone that I've always admired. In terms of um, other bigger developers, I think that Crown is is a you know, a bit of a standout. You know, uh, there's some people that work for that organisation that that I really respect, like Ellie in, in the marketing team. That again, you can see Ewan's uh, um, surrounding himself with good people, and one you know one to watch would be Aqualand. I actually think that they're getting their stuff set up and they're going to be a, a, a main player in Australia. Mm. Um, and then, you know, down in Melbourne, there's so many. There's the, the Lecce group that I, I really admire and some really amazing executives that work down there. So there's people out there um, that have all different ways and styles and, and abilities. And my job is to make sure I meet as many as I can and, and learn as much as I can so that we can apply that to what we do thanks race mate it's good to see you i appreciate yeah. you coming in it's awesome and good luck and everyone out there get into property and real estate it's fantastic that's it all, all right. right guys stay tuned